Welcome to the Firearms Trainers Podcast, part of ConcealedCarry.com Network. I'm your host, Rob Beckman. Today, we'll be talking about Walk the Talk America and their 2020 update. We bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Firearms Trainers Association. Head on over to their website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage they offer and their competitive pricing. Receive a special 10% off on your policy by entering promo code FTP10 at checkout. This episode is also brought to you by the best smelling firearm lubricant on the market, Pig Lube. Pig Lube brings you the best performance by combining high-grade synthetic oil with nanoparticle technology for your firearm. The small applicator allows you to put the lube where you want it without making a mess and without using any patches or rags. Easier to apply than traditional oils in your firearm and allowing you to get back to the range and let freedom ring. To learn more about Pig Lube and the technology behind it, go to piglube.net and use coupon code FTP20 for 20% off at checkout. Our special guest today is Michael Sedoni from the president of Walk the Talk America. Welcome, Michael. How are things going for you today? Things are lovely under the circumstances. Things are starting to open up where I'm at. Um, you know, this whole pandemic, I think for everybody, threw us a curveball. And uh, we're finally coming out of it. And I look forward to continuing the work that I was doing before this all happened. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Say, say the least. Well, I know you were on episode 21, one of our earlier episodes through this podcast. And I thought it was kind of really really important back then to talk about walk the talk America and what it was out there about. But I think it's even more important to make sure that we do a refresher and make sure we kind of remind people about why it's out there, why I think it's so important. And then also the updates that are, are happening with it because there's exciting stuff. I mean, it's not being stagnant. It's not just go out there and this is the way it is. You're, you're making great progress and I'm glad to have you on today because I think our listeners will really be impressed what you've done the last, uh, almost 11 months, you know, since we last talked. Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me on. And it's funny because sometimes I, I admit this, sometimes I get, you know, it's like the routine and you're, it's always evolving, but sometimes it just goes stagnant for a little bit, which is natural. You know, I'll, I'll make runs, I'll do shows and everything like that. But then this pandemic hit and there was this, this rush to buy firearms. Right. And, um, all of a sudden my phone started ringing off the hook with, you know, the mental health side of things. People started to see our work again and say, okay, this is going to be more important than ever, especially, you know, six to eight months from now as mm -hmm. well. Um, so, you know, it, you hate to be pushed back into the forefront over something that's kind of tragic, like a pandemic, but at the same time, it just reminds you how important the work is. So, yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, that's where having you on getting the updates, um, you know, sharing some stories with everybody out there, Hopefully, you know, like, like I said before, everybody should take something back from this and, and double our efforts to, you know, get the word out there, especially among the 2A community about Walk the Talk America and what it stands for. So what have you been doing in 2020 before we get off too far into the weeds with the other stuff? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> right. Uh, 2020 has been interesting. Um, you know, focusing on the one thing that came out of, of our work is that we seem to have a hit with the, cultural competence course for therapists that come into the 2A world. Um, I think our approach is something that even somebody who 
probably sits on the other side of the fence and is almost anti-gun can, can understand why it's an important class. Um, so we've been putting our energy in to try to take that uh, nationwide. Unfortunately, um, we had a big class in Vegas that got canceled right as this pandemic hit. Um, but most of 2020 has been my work with the VA. Um, I, I've really kicked that up a notch. Um, and never in my wildest dreams would I've ever guessed that an organization like, or, you know, the VA would, a federal organization would be asking me for help and saying, how can we become more involved in the 2A community? Um, which is really neat, which, you know, basically spun from my work with the task force that I'm on, um, the VA task force. So I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. And, and with the VA, it's, I think it's extremely important because we hear the statistics of 22 veterans die a day from suicides, you know, any number of different ways, but you know, somehow we can get out in front of that and reduce that number. You know, think how many people that, that is over the course of, you know, 365 days, you know, in a year, you know, that's, those are some big numbers. And that's where I think the work that you're doing, the task force force that you've been on, I think, you know, really, really, um, hopefully it'll open some doors and get people instead of being, you know, anti-gun camp and gun camp type of thing going along and saying, you know, here's the right thing to do when it comes to mental health. And, you know, no matter which camp you're in, we can at least agree on this is the right way of approaching things. Yeah, I think it's important to change the narrative of the firearm. And, and um, you know, I got invited to the task force and I went up to D.C. and I was the only firearms industry person there. There were some pro firearm people there, um, but I was the only one that was actually in the industry. And once again, every time I feel like everything I do is simple or people aren't going to get it, um, you know, I present what the work is. And people are blown away by it. I, I, no one ever looks at the firearm and says, well, that could be a conduit for someone to get the help that they need in a time of crisis without fear of consequence. You know, so if you're truly about saving lives, let's change the narrative of the firearm. And, and that's what I was asking, you know, the task force. I was mm -hmm. like, look, you know, I can help you get an in into the firearms industry, but we, you got to stop talking about us in a manner that only makes us villains, you know, um, and it changes the narrative a little bit because what that firearm represents to me is freedom. It, it represents safety. Um, and, and like I said, now we can make it represent uh, a conduit for people to get help once again, without losing their gun rights. Right. We don't want to punish people for doing the right thing and going to get help. Yep. Uh, people gravitate to what they trust and know and veterans, you know, they've been around firearms during, you know, their entire time in service, which leads them to trust, you know, firearms and, you know, have that, you know, comfort with them. But at the same time, be able to go along and, you know, connect with them through firearms to say, hey, may maybe you need to, you know, take a little break. Maybe you need to have somebody hold your firearms for a little while. You know, kind of what we were talking about last time, you know, I mean, just knowing what the resources are, taking that break without the dreaded uh, fear of, you know, consequences where we lose their two A rights and things yeah. like that. Yeah. It's actually a, a funny story I have about going in, into the white house and sitting around this table with all these mental health professionals. Uh, some of them worked with the VA for many years. Some of them are still part of the VA and um, I'm not going to lie. You, there, there's a couple of people there that are, you could tell that they lean towards the anti-gun side um, and, you know, they're data driven people and they're data 
says keeping people away from firearms reduces firearms death as if there was no alcohol on the planet we'd see a huge <laughs> reduction of uh, <laughs> of drunk driving you know like the okay so uh but you know I, I can appreciate where people just want to save lives, right? But I, I didn't know how I was going to be taken. I didn't even know how I was there, to be honest with you. I still never got the answer. So I was asking around, like, who found me? Who invited me uh, to this thing? Which, which is really cool because it was a learning opportunity for my daughters. Like when I was showing them the official thing, uh, you know, the invite to the White House, and I had to go through. They had the screening and everything. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I told my daughters, I said, listen, I'm a punk kid from Jersey. Like, don't ever... Don't ever let anyone tell you you can't do anything. Like seriously, because if I could make it there in that short period of time with Walk to Talk America, when I first started with this, hey, let's just try to figure out a way to make Earth better by working with mental health instead of working against them. Um, I never would have guessed I would have been there. But it was funny because we had to go up there and do these TED Talks, these little five-minute speeches. And um, I did, I was like the seventh person to go. Um, and I knew I was okay. I knew I was in a decent room because some of the people that I had some of the same lines that people had written in their speeches, you know? Well, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So I knew I was okay. There were some people that had come up to me before and said, Hey, we love the work you're doing and everything. Once again, I'm going, how did you find me? How am I here? Um, but it was really cool because I gave this little speech and I had to, I had to change it at the end. And I knew what I wanted to say. I, I wanted to be able to tell the mental health professionals in the room, if you don't like guns, it's okay to tell me that. I don't, I'm not, I'll still buy you a beer. You know what I mean? It's, it's not mm -hmm. going to change my, my, my opinion, but it, I'm not going to hate you for just saying, I, I want people to live and I just hate guns. Like, cause guns can be nerve wracking. I get it. Um, but it was great because I give my speech, I'm looking at this room and I'm like, okay, I hope this went over well. I can see some people nodding, you know, uh, that always makes you feel a little bit more comfortable. And uh, this, this guy stands up and he's completely decorated. You can tell he's a combat vet. And um, he goes, you, you need to listen to this guy. He's pointing at me and uh, <laughs> he goes, uh, all my life, you made me identify with my firearm. He's like, you had me name it. And he's like, you're telling me that in a time of crisis, that's the first thing you're taking away from me. And I, that really hit home, I think, to everybody that was around the table. But it also, you know, he was like vouching for me, like mm -hmm. to what he's saying, because I kept beating that same drum. Like we can get people the help they need without fear of consequence. And that is the most important piece if you're really, truly about saving lives. So, um, it was a cool experience, but it, it was really a springboard for me to, um, you know, what's come of that is more work with the VA, uh, hand in hand with the VA, um, and looking at different ways that we can bring the VA into the firearms community to, uh, I don't want to say defend themselves, right? Um, but there's a lot of bad information being passed because when I went up to uh, DC, um, I, I talked to some of my friends who are combat vets in the industry and they were telling me, you tell them this, you tell them that. And then when I was talking to the, you know, the therapists, the people that work in the VA there, they said, Oh, we changed that last year. So I thought, okay, well, how do you get your message out? Right. How, because these guys don't know that. And some mm -hmm. of these guys they've made movies about or written books about. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. you know, and Hollywood you know, becomes the reality. 
Right. And you got to let those guys know that things have changed and they can help you and we can help everybody else. But, you know, if they're passing, you know how it is as an instructor, if you are passing bad information, right, mm-hmm. that information just multiplies and it just yep. spreads. You tell uh, 10 students and those 10 students go home and tell two more people and got 30 people. And, you know, by the next, by the following weekend, you got a hundred people sitting there believing that, you know, bullets can go around corners and things like right. that. And, you know, those are things where, you know, I try in my courses to make sure people realize that, you know, all those things happen in Hollywood. They don't happen in reality. And that's one of the things where instructors and students both need to make sure they, they deal with facts and not the, you know, Hollywood uh, fiction. Yeah. And it, unfortunately it looks, you know, it is what it is. There's a lot of red tape with the VA, but I think, I think by working with walk the talk America and me inviting them into our world is this, it's it, on, on the same level as how I invite mental health um, professionals, practitioners into the range to learn about gun culture. And I think we could do the same thing. Um, Cause I really do think there's something there. I mean, you, you know, as well as I do, uh, there's so many vets that, you know, come to our world because it's, it's guns. It's, it's mm-hmm. what they know. Um, so they know where they feel safe. Yeah. You know I mean? Whether that was, you know, somebody from a war or two, Korea, Vietnam, you know, they were in that trench and they were holding, holding their gun. And that was, that was their safety. And, you know, now, you know, as they get older and such, and they're in different kind of crisis, I can see where they can gravitate toward the gun, but that's also where you've got to approach that in a non-threatening way. Not like we're going to rip it out of your hands and throw you in the mental hospital. It's, you know, we're going to get you the help you need and make sure, make sure you're safe as well as everybody else. Exactly. And everything is temporary and, you know, you shouldn't have to wear a scarlet A on your chest just because you're going through something. I mean, it goes against everything that, you know, people that work in mental health say, you know, that you shouldn't judge, you shouldn't stigmatize, you shouldn't do all those things, those buzzwords that they use. Um, so it's the same thing, you know, and I think, I think it's getting there. I mean, um, I've been in this industry for so long and I've listened to both sides of people's arguments. And um, this, this is why I'm so proud of it is because it's the first time where I feel like it's so simple, but um, it's like, Hey, did anyone ever think like, just work with us? <laughs> you know, work with us and I'll hold your hands through it. And, you know, we could totally change the narrative of it. But, you know, think about that. You get, it, it's kind of like when people told me, hey, I don't think gun companies are going to put a mental health flyer in the box. Well, who knew all you had to do is just walk up and ask. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, Exactly. Yeah. And then these, these evil gun people were like, that's a great idea. We love that. We'll put that in our box. Yes. Okay. <laughs> like there's a start, you know, and it's showing the rest of the world. Like, yeah, the gun people are good people. You know, they do care. As a matter of fact, we care more about safety and everything like that than anybody else on the planet. Right. right. Um, yeah. Well, like I was telling you, you know, before we started recording, I hand out the wristbands, I hand out the cards for Walk Talk America in my student class and instructor classes. And a lot of times I, once I explain to what Walk Talk America is about, you see them, you know, ripping the plastic off the wristbands and such and putting them on. And I take that as a good sign because A, I've kind of hit a nerve with them to where it's like, you know, I'm going to have this next time I need it. Or maybe I'm going to put it on and I'm, when I get out of class, I'm going to be talking to somebody else who maybe they need, need a little bit of help too. Because 
we all, it's life. You know, we, we go through relationships, you know, up and down, you know, losing jobs, you know, medical or, you know, health, health issues, all those types of things where we can get really depressed and really down to where we only see one way out, you know, without, we, without getting a little bit of extra help. And that's where, um, you know, making sure that, you know, we get the information out there for everybody to, to be able to do something about. Yeah. It is really yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, it's a, uh, it, it, to, to me, it's important to even, you know, I tell, tell this to people all the time, some of the work we do, we'll never know that it helps somebody, right? Mm-hmm. That's why we do the free and anonymous mental health screenings, right? Because maybe it helps somebody work through something and we, we might not know. So like to the, to the doctors and to the therapists that were, you know, um, you know, part of the task force that were like, well, where's the data on this? I need to see the data. Like how many lives? And I'm like, well, don't let data get in the way of saving a life. Right. Like it's, well, let's just do the idea. And then how how, how do you, how do you prove that something didn't happen? Right. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, we're talking, you know, we can tell you how many suicides, you know, are attempted every day, but how do, how do we go along measure how many don't, don't happen. And that's where, you know, earlier in the program is, you know, it's a statistic, you know, 22 veterans a day take their lives. If that all of a sudden in a year was down to 21 and a half, think about what that, you know, a half over 365 days, that's 180 people. And of course, you know, you drop it down to 20 or lower than that. And all of a sudden, you know, that you can, but even there, you know, you know, it's, it's hard to prove something that's never happened. Yeah, I and I I don't need that. To me, this it's not important. I I do get people that message me that I know I've made the difference, and that's you know that's why I know I'm on to the the right path. But at the same time, like we make things free and anonymous for a reason, so people can stay free and anonymous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, I I think that as long as it crosses people's minds, like you give them out, right? You give them out to the students, and the students are looking at them, and if they go home and they they, they check themselves out. They, they give themselves a screening. They know everything's okay and they stay on top and they maintain it and they know there's a place to go. And then maybe if they're a kid, like, you know, I, I told you, I think when I was on the show about my daughter with this, this wristband, mm-hmm. you know, how it changed her world um, because she found out that she only had mild anxiety. And <laughs> now, now she's free to talk about that and free to tell one of her friends if one of her friends confides in her. Hey, go over to this website, check out WTTA.org. You know, you could take this mm-hmm. screening, answer it honestly. You know, it, it, I think it works. I, I like it. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely do. And, uh, I'll, I'll share one of my, uh, personal story that just happened a couple of weeks ago. So it's relatively, you know, very, uh, very recent. And that I had a, a veteran, an older veteran who I know through instruction who called me up and said that his girlfriend had thrown him out of the house. He didn't have a place to go. He didn't have his own car. And he's three hour drive away from me. And I got the firsthand, uh, not or firsthand experience of going along and calling like the VA crisis line and finding out that, Hey, you know, they could help me on Monday morning uh, with it. They can help me with finding new housing for this guy. But this is on a Friday night in, you know, in spring in, in Ohio where the Low temperature was supposed to be down in the mid twenties, and you've got a sixty-year-old vet who is outside. You know, I have no idea what kind of shelter he actually has, and it took me close to three hours, and ended up calling the nine-one-one service in his county in order to get you know somebody to drive by to check up on him and make sure everything was all right. And the one thing I have to say that you know kept going through my mind 
was, you know, everything I've talked about and been talk, been uh, preaching to people about Walk Talk America, that I wasn't going to go along and let that guy, let that friend of mine be a statistic come in the morning, you know, where somebody said, you know, this person, you know, was left outside of another vet died. And, you know, it's been six weeks. And the good news is I just talked to him today and he's doing better. He's in a better place. And you could definitely yeah. tell that in voice. And But it's it's also what a eye-opening experience to call up and try to get some help when it's not during normal business hours. I mean, everybody I talked to was great, but their hands are tied on how much on what they can actually do. Yeah, it's, uh, that's kind of what I'm trying to, that's another thing that, that Walk to Talk America is all about. Cause I, I'm part of these governor's challenge and mayor's challenge, um, in Nevada. And I think, I think the issue that we have on a local level, right? So you were there to save your friend's life that night. I mean, I'm from what you've just said, uh, there's no doubt about it. You it would have turned it. out bad if somebody hadn't found him and made sure he had shelter that night. I'm positive right. about that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I think so too. Um, but, but so look how hard now a couple things had to line up perfectly. He got to the right person. He got to you. And then you said, I had his address. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those little things as I forgot to say his phone, uh, was dying because he didn't have a place to charge it. He didn't have a place. He wasn't driving. And so, you know, there's nothing he could do to charge, uh, his phone. And that made it that much harder because, you know, I had to give 911 his address so they could drive by and see what's going on. They couldn't even ping his phone to find out where he was at. And that was a shot in the dark also, because what happens if he did start, try to start walking? You know, that right. would not have been a good situation. So, yeah, it was uh, it was just one of those things that was very challenging. Like you said, everything had to line up just right in order for those things to work properly. And you're doing it from where you're at and yep. he's yeah, three hours away from where he was. So it wasn't like I could drive, you know, across town, pick him up, you know, and bring him back to my house easily. See, and that's where I, I, it's real important to me for coalitions within States. I think it's important that, you know, when you move into a new house, right, you get a piece of paper from your realtor usually tells you how to turn the power on, mm -hmm. how to turn, you know, what school, the school system, every, every, Thing like that, right? Uh, Local cable. churches, you know, yeah, yes. you know, all the, all those types of things. And we need to have the, we need to be, a, be able to find those resources because they're out there and some of these resources fly under the radar, but that's one of the things that I like to look for is like people that are out there in the community, boots on the ground, they're actually doing things. But I mean, imagine if you just didn't have somebody that had the tenacity you did, like, I'm going to keep calling until I figure this out. And I don't care if I have to call every organization, you know, <laughs> under the sun mm -hmm. to, to get that. And that's where I think we need to work on that. And this is, this is actually perfect for me because these are the stories I can take back to Mental Health yeah. America and the VA, right? And because um, and, maybe, maybe there is something there that that person didn't know, but I want to be able to say that this is a vet. It was in crisis on a Friday night. And it looks like everything was going to be handled on a Monday morning. Well, we didn't have time. Like mm -hmm. we're in the moment now, you know? Um, yeah. Well, and that's where, you know, we, when we think about nine on one, you know, you know, somebody's breaking in our, in our house, you know, we can call nine one one and they know exactly what to do when there's a fire or somebody's injured, you know, we call nine one one and the fire department comes to take care of things. Um, when I called up nine one one and spent, you know, dispatch in his County, you know, it was kind of interesting because like, well, you know, you know, what's his problem, you know, and I had to describe to him that, hey, you know, this is an elderly vet who's outside. I have no idea what, you know, all his conditions are, but obviously with as cold as it was going to be that night, it could not, it may not have turned out really well. And, 
and to their credit, they went they went along and sent somebody by to go go along and check on them. But there again, that was a long three hours trying to get a hold of people and getting callbacks and doing different things uh, like that. So it was uh, I would be very much in for if there was some way that you could call a nine on one service and actually have them walk through and know how to activate specific mental health uh, services for that for that area. Just like you do when you call up and say, hey, you know, somebody's broken their leg, somebody's caught up in a tree or, you know, some, you know, somebody just broke in my house. They know what to do. You know, the right people come to your door to, t- to help you out. And you know, that's one thing where that was a that was a severe deficiency, and the nine one one system would be able to go along and actually have a mental health person who who kind of knew what what to do. Yeah, yeah, it, it, you shouldn't have to be dialing more than three or four numbers. Like that's already too much. Um, but that's what we're really working towards, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm bringing the, that's why I love it because I'm bringing the the whole gun angle at it. <laughs> you know, it's like common sense, and what I found. Uh, which has been disappointing at times is that a lot of these mental health organizations, I feel like they're stuck in the mud sometimes. Like they, they, they're, they're always trying to make things better, but sometimes you just have to move. Like you have to actually do something. Mm-hmm. And to me, I, I just, the fact that the coalitions, there needs to be more coalitions with every walk of life, you know, um, I think they started the gun stores. I think those are great places because we all know that suicide is two thirds of all firearm deaths, right? So that's really why I love to start at the gun first, but at the same time, then just get the community together. Um, and and states can do this. They have these challenges, these mayor challenges, these governor challenges. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, you know, I'm glad you were there for your friend. Like that's that's the message. That's the most important message right there. I'm too. You know, calls me up and it's nice to hear his voice and hearing him be in a better place. And, you know, think about, you know, people's friends, you know, those, you know, family and friends are what makes life, our life, you know, worth being here and everything else like that. And that's where, you know, keeping them around, you know, that's a good thing for all of us. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That, and that is that, but now you are, you know, you've gone through and you've walked to the example of how difficult it can be. And it's, there's no reason for it to stay this way. This is the ridiculousness of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I know that there's probably some people right now listening in cities where they're like, well, we have this here. Well, okay. We need that everywhere. <laughs> you know, if you have something that that's really what we're, we're angling at. Well, we need, just like you were talking, you were talking about, we need the mental health information put on the realtors, you know, uh, you know, home, new homeowners, we need, you know, the mental health to be as accessible as 911. You call up and you say it's a mental health, you know, crisis and you get transferred to the mental health people, you know, something along those lines to, you know, really, you know, be able to reach out and, you know, put alternatives in front of people and get, get them the help that they, they really do need. Yeah. That's one of the things that I'm really, um, you know, because of the whole industry kind of stopping right now, just life itself stopping, we had some really good momentum. I was talking to some ammo companies about putting some crisis uh, numbers on the side of their boxes so the government doesn't make us do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, getting out ahead of some things. I think that, you know, uh, I had one ammo company that is going to put the WTTA uh, org forward slash love for the screenings on the side of their box. Um, but once again, just making it accessible so people can find out where to go, or at least they have a starting point. Um, 
you know, I know everybody at WTTA, when people email us or they come through our website, we're not mental health professionals, right? But we know a lot of mental health professionals, so we can usually get a quick answer to a question if somebody has one um, and, and we're responsive, but we need that everywhere. You know, right. that's, that's what we need. <laughs> we need everywhere. We also need everybody to know what, uh, yeah. you know, how, how to access those because, you know, you know, I'm in Ohio, you're in Nevada, you know, what happens to somebody in, you know, in Minnesota, you know, has a crisis, you know, I'm not going to know that off the top of my head. You're not going to know it. And guess what? We're going to be there Googling stuff. And it would be, you know, so much better if there was a national clearinghouse where we could look up, you know, the city in, in Minnesota and be able to put that person in contact with them, you know, very simply. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, that's really good. So Michael, um, any updates on the instructor side for those that are listening and wanting to bring that, bring this to their classes? Uh, well, we do have the, the, uh, the slides that we have on the website, uh, where if people want to introduce the concept into their instruction, uh, they can do that. Um, I, I actually need to get with Rob Pincus. We, I think we need to re take another look at that and see what else we can do for instructors. Um, Obviously, going back on that theme, people get their information from those that they trust. Uh, so it's really important uh, for you to stay on top of me as well, <laughs> right? Uh, mm -hmm. and, and kind of, you know, take that to the next level because I do believe that instructors are a great resource for these type of things. And, you know, this is so still fairly a new concept, right, for us in the firearms community. You're doing, uh, going on, what, two years? With two years, yeah. 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 <laughs> Two years in June. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I'm seeing the good news is, is that um, I'm seeing some really cool organizations out there uh, coming up. Um, and I love the work the NSSF is doing. I think the NSSF is, is really trying hard to, to at least combat some suicide and get some toolkits out there and everything like that. Um, uh, obviously what I do, I think is a little, it's a little different than what they do, but I'm seeing it. Like there's this nice effort out there, uh, the gun owners care program and things like that. Um, and then there's an organization called hold my guns, uh, org. I, I really like what they're doing. Um, you know, obviously they're doing safe storage network. Um, since that they've really taken off and started going, I've backed off of our safe storage program because I'm spread too thin as it is. Um, but you know, I think you're starting to see some out of the box ideas that people can really get behind that are ours. They're, they're, they're ours. We're gun people. Mm -hmm. and yeah. That's what I'm proud of. So, and the, the whole basis of it is to get you the help you need, not to go along and strip of your rights or, or, you know, take your property away from you. So that's, that's really good. And I will uh, make sure I put links to these in the show notes also for those that want a little bit more, uh, information uh, on on them, as well as uh, where if you want to get some Walk the Talk America merchandise to hand out in your uh, classes, how you can go along, make a small donation to get a nice box of uh, material that you can you can hand out. I've been handing them out in class, and as I said before, it's really nice when you see somebody put that on. There were rest because you realize that it's made a connection where they they want to have that accessible to them or accessible to somebody they know uh, to help them through something, and that's where all this comes down to is accessibility. Yeah, and I really appreciate your support um, over the last year. Well, you know, since you knew about it or since we talked, 
Um, I, re- I can't thank you enough. I know you got out there. I, I, I've seen the video clips where you, you've brought up the organization. Um, so I, I really can't thank you enough for, for your support. It's, it's all about getting information out there. And, and we need to get the best information we can out there to help, help our friends. You know, that's what it comes down to, our friends. Yeah. Hey, Michael, I've got a question for you. Um, you're the first person I've asked this actually called because I've been, I was giving everybody a kind of a warning before I did this on the uh, podcast, but every, every guest so far this year, been asking one simple question. What books are you reading to further your education this year or websites? <laughs> what books <laughs> am I reading to further? Edu- oh, wow. Yeah. My education. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I got a laundry list of books. I wish I had them. So I, I, I could just like, uh, bring them up to the screen because I'm horrible at remembering the names. Now keep in mind, everything I read is fed to me a lot by mental health professionals as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm, but the next book that I'm going to read, and this is the God's honest truth uh, is the DSS, DSS, DSM five, which is basically uh, a lot of stuff. You know, it's funny. I think I do have some books here. Who, who asked a question about books? You sprung it on me. That's not even fair. I'm sorry. <laughs> we, we, got to, we got talking about everything else before the show, and I forgot to uh, uh, prep you with that question because I know it's a little, little bit cold. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I, I have uh, – there's, there's one great book that I'm, I'm, um, I'm reading right now, and the exact name of it, it's about the yield theory. Hold on. Let me just call it up. By Christian Conti. Have you ever heard of this? No. This is a good book. It's called Walking Through Anger. Um, it's a really, really good book. And he does a lot of work um, in the prison system, but it's about anger management and everything like that. Um, and he has this concept called the yield theory. But uh, it's an excellent book. that uh, It's one of the ones that I, that's on my list. Um, that I'm going through. So if there's one that I could recommend so far that I love, it's that one. Okay, good. I will look that up and uh, put in show notes because as uh, trying to do is give uh, the instructors out there listening kind of idea of other topics besides just, you know, how do you press the trigger and hold the site steady or, uh, you know, type of topics to, you know, how do you broaden your understanding and your ability to reach more people, uh, you know, in the, in the training for it. So it's. Uh, yeah. Good. And it, if there's anything that I could recommend as far as like uh, articles, I would say anything by Dr. Jeffrey Swanson. I really like his work, even though I'd say he's more gun neutral as opposed to pro, but he really does do a great job with all his articles and his interviews of showing why it's important to focus on suicide prevention and, and stop making it a mental health thing that not everything is, uh, you know, it's almost impossible to stop the next mass shooter. So it's really important to shift the focus back to creating a better society with mental health. So Dr. Jeffrey Swanson, anything by Dr. Jeffrey Swanson, I'd say read, um, because I think that some, a lot of things that he says can be incorporated into training sessions for sure. Um, especially when you hit our slides, when you have them in there, but thanks for, thanks for burning me. Thanks for getting, <laughs> thanks for making me like, <laughs> I'm sorry, Michael, <laughs> that, that was my, that was my fault for not prepping you ahead of time. So you got a little chance to, uh, to think about that. But. I, I should have just said Molly crew, the dirt or something. Like 
<laughs> and just just stone faced after that. The MTV book. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. Hey, what, uh, Walk Talk America. What's their website where people can find out more information? WTTA.org. Uh, this is the easiest way to get there. Or you can get to uh, walkthetalkamerica.org. Uh, on our social media, it's uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, just at walkthetalkus. Um, you know, I like, we, we're pretty active on social media and it tells a pretty good two-year story. We have a new website. It'll be out in about two weeks. Uh, it's a different version of the Walk the Talk America website. I've, I've always felt like it's lacked something. I feel like when you're sending people to your social media over your website, um, there's something missing there. And, you know, we finally put some money in, into the website to get it to where we need it to be. Uh, so look for that in a couple weeks. Um, but that's where you could find us. So, good. yeah. Very good. Well, we appreciate you coming on the podcast again. Uh, I will uh, put a little marker in the book for having you come on in the spring of uh, 2021 and look for seeing some uh another couple big leaps in the progress that you've made in getting mental health out there and better under, understood by the masses. So thank you for coming I, I, on. I appreciate it. And then once again, like I said, I can't thank you enough for all the support and the kind words and everything like that. It, it really means a lot to me. It's you're one of the reasons why I keep going. So thank you. Uh, we, we, may, we may not know who we've all helped with this, but if it's one person, you know, it's, it's worth our time. That's my opinion. Well, thank you. you know, well, that's a wrap for this episode, and we have a few requests for our listeners. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast and never miss an episode. Tell our instructors about our podcast and the other concealedcarry.com podcasts out there. Visit our sponsors, the Firearm Trainers Association at ftaprotect.com and check out their instructor insurance. Being a responsible instructor means having insurance coverage. Remember to use promo code FTP10 for 10% off at checkout. Leave us a comment on Google Play, iTunes, or on our website at, at firetrainerspodcast.com. If you have any input, questions, or feedback, please email us at ftp at concealedcarry.com, or please leave us a rating and review on iTunes or Google Play. Remember, we bring you this podcast to support the industry, Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Check out WTTA and make a difference. Stay safe, everyone. Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.